Okay, some of you do not have any team members yet. Some of you may have one or two team members and some of you just may have a team. But if you're starting from scratch, that's okay because Kelly is on the show and she's gonna help us build our dream team the right way so we can skip all of the roadblocks that we stumble over because, you know, I always explain my entrepreneur journey of just like a long hallway and me bouncing off side to side of each wall. It's just, it's a disaster. So we're gonna skip the disaster part. Yes. And Kelly's gonna give us a shortcut. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, Haley. Yeah, let's hear a little bit about your business. And also, you just released a book. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, so I'm a business growth strategist. So what mm -hmm. that means is I help entrepreneurs and business owners create six and seven figure leaps in their businesses. And I focus primarily on doing that with systems. And one of those yes. main systems is focusing on having a profile and a set of steps that you follow to build your own unstoppable team so that you have a plan and a path to not only scale up, but to maintain your sanity and your quality of life in the process. And that's why I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Yes, there, there are so many crossovers there with both of our messages. So I love yes. that. I'm, I'm so excited to dive in. Um, let's start from the very beginning. If someone right now is sitting down, they feel like ripping their hair out, they're doing all the things, how do we know where to even start? Like we, how do we even know what a dream team looks like if we've never even hired someone? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the first things that you want to do as an entrepreneur is recognize that, you know, that thing that you got in business to do is a very, very small part of what it takes to be successful in business. We all learn that. And then what happens is we as entrepreneurs, we're like an octopus. We get our hands in a hundred thousand different things that are required to make a business successful. But what happens is we are not very good at the vast majority of them. So what I always tell people is, sit down with a piece of paper and write down what is your zone of genius? Like literally your zone of genius that you are so good at, you're the best at, you should be the person in the business doing, and then write down all the other things that you're doing that you're not very good at, that there's someone out there that could do it better, faster, smarter, cheaper, more productively than you can. And that's the beginning steps of you designing that very first job description to hire that first team member. I love that we're building the business around your strengths. And I think that's so yeah. important because a lot of people are like, I just need a VA. I just need someone to help me. And they don't think, okay, let's take a step back. Let's put like a little self-awareness pill inside our mouth and think, what's our personality? What's our strengths? What do we suck at? Because I yes. suck at a lot of things. I know you probably suck yes. at a lot of things. At the vast majority of things that it takes to run a business. I say, well, I dedicate, my yeah. book is called Bigger Than You, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Building uh -huh. an Unstoppable Team. And I dedicated the book to my team. And what wow. I said in that book was, it's the team that's behind the dream. Because Ooh. I know darn well that all of our success is because of the partnerships and the unity and the support that I've gotten from my team. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I pour into them. They pour into the business. We all win together. Mic right? drop. Totally. And you know, I would have never 
even just a few months ago, because I've scaled so quickly. I mean, I'm six, seven months ago. I didn't have a big team at all. I never understood people that were so successful and they're like, it's because of my team. I'm like, yes, no, you did everything. You built this. Now I'm staying here just six months later with a team of like nine, I don't even know, eight to 10 people We're changing all the time and adding. I'm like, no, it literally would not happen. If my team was not behind, they are so much smarter than me. Most, yeah. time, you know, I, I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I say it all the time. I'm like, go find people that are better, faster, smarter than you yeah. are at everything except those core things that you're great at. But, but I do want to back up for a second, Haley, yeah, because when, when most entrepreneurs attempt to start building a team for the first mm-hmm. time, usually what happens is what I like to call the boomerang effect. which is basically we attempt to delegate work, we push it off our plate, we send it off into the universe to someone else, and what happens is it comes flying back at us in this big disaster. It's like this dust cloud of like this mess (laughs) flying all over the place, and we're scrambling, we're like trying to fix things, and then we're losing clients, and everything's sloppy, and we're really upset, and we're firing people, and this is what typically happens when we get started hiring, right? Yeah. Because most entrepreneurs... so. You know, my background, I worked for a Fortune 500 and I had a team of 100 people. So okay. when I started my business, the first thing I focused on was team because that's okay. my background and my history was there. Right. Most people don't come into entrepreneurship saying, I'm going to start off building a team, right? right? That's something that comes later down the line. So what I always say is slow down, yeah. take a breath, mm-hmm. and realize that your team is only as good as you set them up to be. Oh. So many Your micro team. moments. Yes. Yes. And, and literally, and I teach my clients this every single day, mm-hmm. your, your employee's failure is because of you. Your, your contractor's failure, it's because of you. Whenever you peel the layers back and you look at underperformance in your organization, and I don't care if your organization right now is just you, maybe it's you and your cat, you know, maybe you have a VA for an hour, right? Maybe your mom works an hour a week for you. Your organization is you and whoever else is associated with the business team or no team. But any failure in that organization always comes back to us. And so if you're thinking about hiring your first person or maybe your next person, mm-hmm. the first thing that I challenge everyone to do is take the time to really get the business organized mm-hmm. and, and to set up the job description, number one, in a way that it can produce profit for your company. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely been this huge movement among the entrepreneurial community to focus on hiring VAs and especially VAs that are overseas that are very inexpensive and, you know, all of those things. And, you know, I think it's very important to think about when you're hiring and there's lots of different ways that you can go and there's no right or wrong, but you want to think to yourself, are you looking for someone that's going to become a long-term team member and someone that's going to produce profit, cover their headcount and allow you to then hire the next person because of what they're generating? Or are you just looking for a tactical doer that's plugging a specific hole, but isn't really going to mushroom into someone that becomes a true team member of yours, right? I am hearing these voices in my head of listeners going, how do I know if a person produces profit or not? Because I know my way, but I'd love to hear your way. How do we know if our team member is producing profit and how can we make sure of it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is like my favorite, I have goosebumps right now because this is my favorite thing to teach. My whole mastermind is about this. Okay. So, so the way that you do this, Haley, is create a job description that Mm -hmm. actually has them doing things that produce profit. 
Now okay. that might sound overly simplistic, but here's what I find. Cause I, I do this with my clients and I actually dig into what are your team members doing and what are they producing? Mm -hmm. And usually they're doing a lot of admin work and a lot of tactical to do's and they're producing zero. They're costing the firm money every month. Yep. And what I have them do is rework the job description. So I'll give an example. So Nicole is my operations manager. She's okay. not a salesperson. She's not a marketing person. She's my operations manager. She's responsible for the customer journey, the client experience, mm -hmm. scheduling, billing, all of those things. Nicole is responsible for forexing her income just like Stephanie is. Stephanie is my full-time marketing manager. So what did I do? I looked at Nicole's job description and I said, okay, Nicole's going to be the person interfacing with our active clients the most. Mm. So what does it make sense for me to build into Nicole's job description so that even though she's not a salesperson, she's not a marketer, she can still forex what she costs me in profit each month? Well, she's going to be talking to our active clients every week to schedule their sessions and to do QA checks. She should be generating referrals. Yep. And so we literally created a referral marketing program that Nicole manages. And what's very interesting is her performance for sales is neck and neck with my salesperson. Wow. They're just generating their sales in different ways. Different ways. And every time I hire someone in the firm, we construct their job description, no matter what their role is, so that they have something in their role that they can get really, really good at using their strengths, not forcing them into an area that's not comfortable or not right for them, but using their strengths to produce profit for the company. So you ask, how do we know if they're yeah. producing profit and how do we get them producing profit? Well, you know if they're producing profit, if you can look at a direct correlation between, okay, Nicole's doing you know 15 client conversations a week and we're generating two referrals a week and we're closing one. Right. So direct correlation there, um, you know, and you can get them producing profit by making sure that before someone even joins your team, you do the legwork and you do the, the back end work to make sure that their their job description facilitates that happening instead of putting it on them. Yep. And, and that's the thing I really want to emphasize here, Haley. I, I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, that employees cost them money and that they're a drain to their bank account. Right. And in a lot of companies, that's absolutely true. They cost yeah. them a lot of money and they're a drain to their bank account. But that's not the employee's fault. They're just coming nope. in and executing what you told them to do. Exactly. Right. So think about even a VA. What's something that a VA can be doing that can be generating profit for a firm? Well, if you're in a service based business, for example, a VA can be constructing emails that go out to the list that invite people in your community to apply for a free consultation. Yep. We know that a consultation is going to be one of the highest profit producers in a service based business. So there's I'm just giving a couple examples I so that I can that. get the wheels turning for people. But literally, there's hundreds and hundreds of ways of doing this. But it's just slowing down, really slowing down and having the foresight to plan and to prepare and then to make sure when someone comes through your doors virtually right. you know, or whatever, that you're prepared to help them succeed and you're prepared to make them profitable. I love that it all boils down to what numbers are producing profit for you. That's yeah. it. And then, and another thing that I love, and cause I've been studying a lot about team building just in the past few months and you know, we as visionaries, we are so different than the people that work for us. We don't need goals. We don't, I mean, we do, but like, exactly. not really. We're yes. so driven. They have to know their numbers. They yes. have to have expectations or they just don't do anything. Yep. Yep. I'm so happy that you brought it up. And, you know, and I think, Haley, a lot of people perceive 
managing your team to numbers or expectations or holding them accountable as micromanagement or negativity or, um, you know, you know, expectations that people are going to work for when in reality, employees will tell you time and time again, I just want to know what's expected of me, right? I just want to know what's expected of me. And I just want to have a plan to get there. And most employees want to perform. They want to add value, but you got to put bumpers on the bowling alley. You yeah. got to give them some parameters for success. They want to have a purpose at the end yes. of the day because your yes. purpose is your business, but they don't have that. Yeah, exactly. And if, exactly. if the numbers are checking their boxes and they feel good when they're done with their work at the end of the day. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you brought all that up because that's, it's so important. And what I've been doing as I've been scaling, because then I'm thinking, okay, incentives, like now I'm time to stop growing my team and organize my team better. So I'm thinking, how can I love on my team even harder? And it all goes back ever at the end of the day, it all goes back to those numbers. If yes. they, let's say two X their goal, then they get an incentive bonus. Yep. Or, you know, like what does that look like in your business? Like those are the kind of things that you need to be thinking about as you're building and scaling your dream team. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I wrote about this a lot in the book and I talk about this a lot. You know, when when you're welcoming people into your company, your firm, your organization, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, as you said already, Hilly, like this is your dream. This is your vision. This is your movement that you're creating. Mm -hmm. So the number one thing that you want to focus on doing as you're adding people to your team, I don't care if it's a VA, if mm-hmm. it's a part-time sales rep, it's a customer service person, it's an accounting person, find out what their dream is yeah, and figure out how you can tie their compensation and their incentives and their bonuses and their career progression with your company into when they accomplish their goals that you need from them you're helping them to accomplish theirs because you can't expect your team to run on your purpose. They need to run on their purpose and you need to figure out how can their success at this company help them to accomplish their goals and dreams and how can we tie those two things together so that everyone is winning together. Everyone is achieving what matters most to them. Yeah. I, I love that. I think it's it's so unique because, I mean, I look at the people on my team and my integrator is so different than my executive yes. assistant. And, yes. you know, my affiliate manager has different needs and wants than, and it's a little bit hard. I think it goes, it kind of ties back to our past too. And I would love to hear your perspective on this because like for me, I used to work at a corporate job and you're, and I'm not, I don't want to bash or say anything negative at all, but I did not feel heard appreciated or valued. And it was because no one understood my position in the company. No one knew even what I did. No one cared enough to even take. I was running an entire department of that company. I I brought in money. No one said anything. Mm -hmm. I never want to make anyone in my company feel that way. And so I have this fear it's emotion that like is integrated into how I manage people. How do we take those emotions and feelings from our past and leverage them to have a good team. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting that you share that story, Haley, because I came from a corporate background also. Um, I was in a a high level leadership role. I felt very many of the same things that you just described. It was a lot of why I was like, why am I making this company millions of dollars? I'm going to go do it for myself. Um, So exactly what you described. I think we all have those negative emotions from the past that Mm -hmm. then can trickle into the way that we lead. But what I found and what I've really made it a point to integrate into my company that came from my past experience is 
all of those things that I disliked that I felt were not right or unfair or really hurt me, I try to do the exact opposite in my company. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I feel like I have the happiest employees on the planet because they feel heard, they feel appreciated, they get to contribute in a meaningful way, they're recognized, they're rewarded, um, they, they see how they can accomplish their goals and dreams. So I don't think it's any more complicated, Haley, than writing down on a piece of paper all the things that you didn't appreciate in the way that you experienced things in the past and asking yourself, well, wait a second, I'm in control now. So how do I flip that around and do the opposite with my company and my team? And the dividends for me have been unbelievable. So what a, can you like name a little bit of specific things you've done that have made your team feel appreciated? I think it'd be cool to have some examples. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously one of the things I have a lot of younger team members that are newer college graduates. I recruit a lot of new college grads on my team. They're my favorite people to work with and they all have different causes that they believe in and things that they support. And so, you know, when I learned this about them, you know, I really integrated that into kind of what we do. So we have, they have volunteer time where they can take time off to volunteer for charities that they care about. Oh, Once a quarter, God. we do something as a team to impact the community. We have, we, I allow them, so we make donations consistently to, to Charity Water. That's my yeah. charity that I really like, That's but amazing. I allow them to pick different organizations that mean something to them. And I'll say, okay, this quarter we're going to make a donation to this charity or that. Now it does not need to be money. So I don't by any means want to say that I'm giving one example. Another example is for me, I hated the fact in, in corporate America that the better you did, you, you would keep getting promoted and then you had to work more and more and more hours. And you actually, even though you were getting paid more, you were getting paid less because you were working so many more hours that you never were actually netting a gain. Never and so, right. yeah, so one of the things that I did with my team is they have flex hours. So they have sales goals that they have to meet at the end of every week and they have metrics that they have to hit. Everyone has their own metrics plan that's totally unique to their role. Mm -hmm. I don't care when they start. I don't care when they finish. We have team calls at certain times that they have to be on every single day. But besides that, I pay for them to have a gym membership. I tell them, go work out in the middle of the day. Go take a walk, de-stress, do what you need to do. And all those things that like, when I was in corporate America, one of the things that was a tipping point for me wanting to leave was that it was compromising my health. I couldn't work out. I had no time to take care of myself. I was on planes and trains and flying all over the place. So again, I just did the opposite. I just did the opposite. I was like, you know what? I'm going to encourage my team to work out and take care of themselves so they don't burn out. And in fact, I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to pay for their gym membership, which by the way is like 30 bucks a month. So it's nothing. Right. And then I'm going to take it a step further and say, and you know what else? Work out during the workday take care of yourself, go home at night and get to spend time with your family or your husband or whoever you care about. So little things like that go such a long way. Well, who here wants a job application for <laughs> Kelly's business? <laughs> little <laughs> things though. No, no, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, just little things, you know, so it's yeah. just all those things. And, and you know what it is? Yeah. Just be a good human. I love that. Just it's be so a good simple. human. You know, there's so much room, there's so much abundance, there's so much to go around for everyone. And, you know, I I think that there's been such a connotation, 
you know, with hiring and fear around the money piece of it for entrepreneurs and my mission and why I wrote the book and what I'm really trying to push out there right now is that building a dream team makes you money. It does not cost you money. And as long as you're willing to work as hard at making them successful yeah. as you're asking them to work at creating your dream for you, it's going to be a winning partnership for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm just blown away. I feel like I am going to re-listen to this myself because I need right. to brainstorm ways to just love on my team even harder. Yeah. And I am not a details oriented person. I think most visionaries aren't. And mm -hmm. so I get caught up in that. I'm like, oh, details. Blah, blah. I'm <laughs> the same way. I'm not a details person. Another thing that I can just suggest that for yeah. anybody and maybe even for you, Haley, I just did this in my last team meeting and I got some awesome feedback from it. It was really inspiring for me was I actually created a survey and okay. I gave it to all my team members and it was like asking them questions like, you know, what do you love the most about your job? Ooh. If there's one thing that you could change, what could it be? What would be something super special that you would like as recognition when you accomplish a big goal within the company? Oh, here's another thing we do. Once a quarter, we get together and each of my team members bring their dream boards. And they talk about what's on their dream boards and they talk about the next thing that they're going to accomplish and they talk about the last thing that they have accomplished through their bonuses and their commission and their career growth with the company. Little that's things. Huge. Just that's little huge. Things. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a really good idea. So speaking of team meetings, cause you brought up team meetings, mm -hmm. you say you do yours every day. I do mine once a week and then we have sporadic ones during the week. I'd be mm -hmm. curious, what's the structure of your team meeting? Yeah, definitely. So our team calls are usually every single morning. They usually last anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes. So I am a big believer. Like I want efficiency. Yep. I do not want, like I don't run things longer than 30 minutes. Um, so basically what we do is we talk about what the big goal is for the week and what's going on with the company, whether we're in a launch, we're in a challenge, uh, we have a webinar going on, um, we're in the middle of signing people for a specific program. So we talk about the overarching theme of the week and what's going on from big picture. And we talk about each person's role in that and what their core objectives that they need to accomplish are. You know, how many new strategy sessions do we need on the calendar? How many referrals are we looking to get this week? How many new bookings for, for PR, blah, blah, blah. Then we have each person review where they are versus their metrics for the week and what outcomes they've produced so far mm -hmm. and then what their plan is to get to their metrics for the week and to get mm -hmm. to their sales outcome. So it's very, it's very short, sweet and to the point, but it's, it's steering. It's just keeping us focused yep. on metrics. Here's our umbrella. Here's each person's role. This is their plan to get to their goal for the week. Here's where they are. Here's where they need to be. And here's how they're going to get there. Love that. Okay. Awesome. That's really good to know. Um, like just so everyone listening can have a sneak peek into what we do. We call them pipeline meetings uh -huh. and we have all of our different active projects that we're mm -hmm. just consistently up to date. And then we have our metrics tied to the active projects. So that's what we're Love doing that. right now. But also we have a lot of contractors on our team. We don't have a lot of full-time people mm -hmm. on our team yet. That'll be next year. So mm -hmm. next year I see us moving more towards the metric based daily meeting yeah. structure um, so it's, it's cool to see how different people run their meetings. I hope that kind of inspired all of you guys listening. And I also want to say like, you can have a team meeting with yourself. You don't need absolutely. I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Put, get your solo party hat on, get your favorite tunes on and boogie down with the metrics. How yeah. are you going to reach your goals? Yeah.
And you know, I always say this, Haley, when I started, I started my team with a VA for one hour a week. I uh-huh. always like to share that because I think when we're talking like, oh, we have a team of 10 people, you know, blah, blah, blah. And someone's sitting here listening and they're like, it's me. Like, what do yeah. you guys do? So even when I started with that VA for one hour a week, I had really super specific, like, what has to happen, right? It was blog needed to be uploaded to the blog, email needed to be pushed out to the list, content needed to be pushed out to all the social platforms, strategy session consult apps needed to be pushed out. So even starting with one hour a week, you can start creating this rhythm, right? Where you have a company that's run like a well-oiled machine because you're guiding and directing what's happening and and it's it's on a path versus it being kind of out there by default. And and when you take the reins and and you're designing the result that you want and you're designing people's focus, even from day one with one person, Mm -hmm. you're going to see really rapid results. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think that's going to be a game changer if, is you have running a team meeting solo. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Is there any other tips for building a team or anything that you'd like to share that you feel like we haven't covered? Well, yeah, so much, so much, but I think one (laughs) thing, yeah, I think one thing that I'll say, because I have worked with so many entrepreneurs on those first few hires, and I see this mistake a lot, is Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to be really open and honest with people Mm -hmm. during the job interview and, and also with yourself. And I find that a lot of times when I look at an employer that's not happy with a contractor or with an employee, and then I dig into, well, what was told to this person when they were hired? What was explained to them? What expectations were conveyed to them? Were the metrics reviewed? Were the financial outcomes, you know, discussed? And a lot of times I find that we were roses and fairy dust on the front end and then it's it's like ashes burning right like and and we're now we're trying to like get the the fire extinguisher so i would just say be really really honest with both yourself and with the people that you're interviewing and be fair and it's only fair to really truly understand if you're going to spend two thousand dollars a month on someone you need to know what return on investment do you need to make for that person? And that should be a part of the interview conversation. And so I would say, be honest, be open, do the math up front, have the real conversation as a part of the interview process, and don't let that halo effect thing start going on. You know, it's great to hire people that you like, and it's great to work with people that you want to enjoy being around. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that the DNA is there, right? The work ethic, the integrity, the character, and most importantly, in a small business, the hustle. I, I love that. I think there are so many mistakes to avoid and that's a huge one. And that's a huge one that I fell into when I first started hiring because I am very much, I'm not a detail oriented person. I'm a very rosy, uh, ignorantly optimistic person. That's just me by nature. And so I would come into all these interviews and be like, great, you're perfect. Like there's nothing wrong with you. Well, you just can onboard yourself. (laughs) We've all done it. We've all done it. That's why I brought it up. We've all done it. Yep. Absolutely. That's so important. So if you want to avoid this mistake, um, because this is, I get this question a lot is what do I have to have in place before I even onboard someone? And obviously there's systems, obviously, you know, you need to have your metrics for that person to hit. But aside from those things, what else do we need to have set in place? 
I think most importantly, you have to commit to what are you going to release and set aside to make time to help this person to succeed? Mm. Because one of the biggest reasons why contractors or employees end up costing a firm money instead of making them money is that when they arrive virtually or otherwise, there wasn't anyone that was really truly prepared to do the onboarding with them and to do the training and coaching with them. And so they were set to fail from the very beginning. So I would say before you hire that next person, what are you prepared to put aside for a little bit? What are you prepared to sacrifice or what are you prepared to release or delegate? to someone else so mm -hmm. that you can give this person a fair shot at success so that they can make you money. You guys can win together and you can create that long-term partnership. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I a I hundred percent agree. And I think it's harder than you think it is. And a lot of this is harder than you think it is. But mm -hmm. I think honestly, like if, if right now you're kind of on the edge, like, I don't know, I'm a little bit scared to really build this team. I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. Did you, when you first no started? No one does. No, no one, one does. does. Like, girl, just jump in two feet first, start hiring people. Yes. And just roll with the punches. That is exactly yeah. what, that's what I, that's how I run my business. You yeah. roll with the punches. You go with the waves. It all works out. It does. It all works out and you're going to learn every step of the way and you're yep. going to become better and faster and stronger every single time that you do it. And yeah, it's one of those things, you know, Haley, you're, you can't, you can't build a business in a vacuum. You know, you can nope. only learn by actually getting in there and experiencing it and doing it. And it's from that, that you grow. I always joke that my business is what the vacuum needs to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, my business is all over the floor right now. Just ignore us and the dirty stuff. I love <laughs> that. We, just, we, we do, we make so many mistakes on our team and we allow mistakes on our team. We have, I mean, it's just, it's going to happen and you're going to make so many mistakes as you build your team, but don't let that stop you. I mean, Kelly has given us so much amazing advice. And I know just from the short time that I've been building my team just this year, I've learned way more by just mm -hmm. doing it than listening to so many people. But yeah. really, I want to end on this note. If you want to speed up the entire process of building your team, and if you really are serious about building a solid team and wanting to skip most of the mistakes, you need to get her book right now. Aww. So can you tell Thank us a little you. bit more about how to get this book? I would love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to get a hard cover, you can head on over to kellyroachcoaching.com mm -hmm. or of course you can get the soft covers on Amazon. But yeah, it, it really is everything that I've learned over almost 20 years of teaching and coaching and training people. And the goal is just to help you guys to shortcut and yes. not make the mistakes and not fall into the pitfalls and to have a roadmap to follow so that you can have success and make money as you build. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. You've been yeah. so incredible and so transparent. I really thank you for your transparency. For sure. Thank you so much for having me.